This is JFM Podcast. The gavel, a symbol of authority, as the whistle is to the referee. The gavel, a symbol of democracy and legislative power. The eyes have it. I call for division. Powerful tool at the plenary where all sides are x-rayed, debated, and dissected. Mr. President, God will ask all of us, but you will be in the front. Yes, yes, we are about to take a decision now. We bring you proceedings at the plenary, reporting the actions and inactions of the legislators, engaging in robust discussions, oversight, and representation. At the plenary, all sides are amplified. Their side, your side, and the issue. Be part of the nation's decision-making process. Join the legislative combatants, Doris Izang and Ponsak Fanap on J101.9 FM every Friday from 9.15 to 10 a.m. to amplify the three sides. You and the legislature can now meet at the plenary. Very good morning to you. Thank you so much for staying with us on J101.9 FM. A warm welcome to the plenary. It's a Friday and it is the 26th day of February 2021. And we are so blessed to be among the living. It is a beautiful Friday morning. Yes, the weather is good, but not so much a happy day for all all Nigerians because something again has happened and I am deeply saddened by this development. But then what do we expect every day? My name is Doris Izang and I say again, welcome. I won't be doing this alone. I've got my right hand man, Ponsak Fanap is right here. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Doris. Good morning to all of you. Indeed, uh, Black Friday it is um, and today is a holy day by the way and if you keep you know, getting these things happening and it's 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 almost you know getting to the conclusion that perhaps the federal government is incapacitated mm-hmm. or the Buhari administration, because during Jonathan, you know how many kidnappings they always want to make us you know to see things that things are better compared to when Jonathan was in government or mm. power. Uh, but the famous kidnapping during Jonathan was the uh, Chibok schoolgirls in 2014, which took that ministry took that administration at the time 21 days before they admitted that. Uh, girls who were kidnapped, but the Kagara school boys or, or people that were kidnapped from that school, college, they're yet to be uh, rescued as we speak. Just yesterday, the governor of Niger State, government of Niger State is saying that they are not willing to pay ransom, that mm. they are in talks, you know, to secure the release of these uh, boys and students and even teachers. And then you have 300 school girls, you know, okay. kidnapped. This morning. People right now be you know bringing analysis that three hundred people. How can they do that? How can without I anybody noticing? School boys. Mm-hmm. Just you know a stone throw away from Daura, you know. But the president was there. But in look at, uh, he didn't even you know visit visit the parents, you know, or the community leaders, you know, where uh, that happened, you know. So it's it, it gives me so much, you know, to be desired. And now the media is going to make a celebrity out of Sheikh, you know, Abubakar Gumi. <laughs> Uh, because he has become the mouthpiece for uh, the bandits, even telling the media that they shouldn't call them criminals. Then what is banditry for? 
you know, for example. It, it is really so sad it, because it seems like the executive is actually egging this uh, on because you you now um, negotiate with bandits or, okay, we should have used the word bandits, he said. That's the minister of, <laughs> for banditry, mm. someone said. But then... Why keep negotiating with these people? They are not faceless. So you're encouraging them because when you do, you pay ransom, they'll continue because it's a money venture for them. Yeah. Which just is yesterday, really, there, really there, was sad. A, there, there was a meeting in Kaduna. Uh, Northern Governors Forum, even His Eminence, the Sultan, was there. Uh, the president was represented by the his chief of staff, Ibrahim Gambari. And the president you know, said that, look, they are not going to negotiate with the bandits. Mm. Uh, and what the Sultan said, he said, Nigerian know that Northerners should be patient with governors in the region. But I, I think that, uh, well, the patient has been overstretched because if that meeting was held just yesterday and the BBC is reporting that uh, 300, I mean, it's like, you know, uh, testing our collective resolve, you know, mm. as a people in this society, uh, that you find one uh, riffraff called uh, Subuhu threatening the president, saying that the president should come so that on what basis? For me, if even if uh, Muhammad Ubari go there as in his capacity as Muhammad Ubari, for me is an insult uh, to me as a citizen because he is my president, and presidents, you know, deserve dignity and they deserve respect. So the the federal government should not be cowed. Instead, you know, they should deploy. And yesterday, the president through Gambari said that uh, he has already directed the uh, ch- service chiefs, you know, that they should do all they could uh, because there's no excuses to get make sure that uh, this bunch is is brought to a halt. Okay, in case you have heard the news this morning. The sad news is that early hours of today, this morning, gunmen abduct students of Dangebe uh, Government Secondary School, which is a very, very sad one. We're still trying to see that um, the Kagara School students are released, but another one has been added to it. Well, this is a program where we review legislative matters in the country, in the state, and in the country at large. Well, this week at the Plateau State House of Assembly plenary did not hold, but as usual, um, there were committee engagements and um, uh, constituency engagements as well. We're hoping to resume plenary again next week. But then plenary held in the National Assembly, and we have stories from there. We'll just quickly give you headlines because our focus today is um, the confirmation of the new EFCC boss, Abdul Rashid Bauer, and the issues therein. And we'll also look at, well, the impending. Uh, 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 strike threats by PASAN, which is Parliamentary Association, uh, Parliamentary Staff Association of Nigeria, PASAN, and we have someone of great repute here to talk to us about it and the issues as well. But very quickly, let us look at what went down in the National Assembly. Well, um, PIB will change economic fortune of Nigeria, says Lawan, and they have promised that the PIB is going to be passed in April. Now we have a definite uh, uh, date or time frame. It's going to be passed in April. Remember what she said? Yeah. Now it seems like the Ninth Assembly is just racing for time or making, you know, That's what uh, yeah, I wanted to bring this song by mm-hmm. uh, Omar She said, you be Chama and no be formal. Chama and do something, you know. So the issue is Mr. President, President of the Senate, Amal Lawal, mm-hmm. do something where, and it's, well, if, if Nigerians would judge, you know, Amal Lawal from his utterances in the past, will they, you know, restore confidence uh, in him, you know, to pass the PIB? I do not know. But again, uh, we know what, what uh, transpired when uh, the confirmation of non-career ambassadors, they all came. 
But before when they were in that military, you nobody know, showed up. They didn't come. <laughs> you know, they 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 insulted the collective resolve and uh, of the Nigerian people because it's a representational democracy. And you know, the National Assembly they are representing the people of Nigeria. But the service chief said, "Look, you know, we don't care, and we, we won't come, and nothing will happen." But when they say come to be confirmed as, I mean, they ran and. They said that, you know, I, I, you know, Igbo people say Tofia Kwa. If I was in that house, I would say Tofia, just like what Senator Yenaya Baribi said, you know, tof, because it's, it's, it's an insult to even to the lawmakers and the people that, you know, sent them there. Okay, on economic matters, uh, National Assembly engaging with Ghana to amend trade laws, says lawmaker. We know the problem, the trade issue going on between Nigeria and Ghana, uh, Nigerian traders in Ghana. And now uh, the National Assembly is coming to say we are in talks with the, 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 the country and we're trying to see that they amend their trade rules to, you know, be more subtle and engaging to for Nigerians there. And we're looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, we also heard of uh, the Senate uh, confirming the <laughs> ambassadorial uh, nominees. They are now ambassadors, even though... Non-career ambassadors. Uh, car- Non-career ambassadors, even though they are coming to urge uh, President Mohamed Buhari to post them to nearby countries. And the question I asked is, before you nominate there is what we call closed door or behind the scene negotiations to a receiving state or a receiving country now so it means the states who designate is supposed to have said okay bring these people we are going to accept them that negotiation goes behind the scene so with this coming from the national assembly it means these non-career ambassadors have not been assigned to their countries yeah, well, yeah. Which is poor, poor planning. Yeah, we're going to see, you know, how that will pan out, you know, in the coming days to see. Uh, what I know is that they are not going to, maybe they'll be hovering, uh, hovering around, but uh, they won't be sent to specific countries. Mm-hmm. They may be like uh, attached diplomats, you know, to foreign mission that uh, Nigeria is, is having, for example. Right. The new EFCC boss is now Abdul Rashid Bawa, and we are going to look at, um, well, the issues. We have issues we're going to raise from that, and we'll have our guests speak to us. Our guests this morning, we have two guests, and we're honored to have them. We have Comrade Mohammed Usman, who is the President, Parliamentary Staff Association of Nigeria, Passan. It's a great honor to have you in the studio, all the way from the National Assembly. Welcome to JAS. Thank you. Pleasure. You're welcome. And we also have on Emmanuel Zopmal, who is a former House of Representatives member aspirant for Pangshin Kanke Kanam Federal Constituency. He's also the president, Middle Belt Youth, and a political analyst and researcher. Welcome on the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Okay, let us just get down into the matters today because we want you to be a part of the show. You can go on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash jfmjoss. You can go also go on Twitter at jfmjoss and join the conversation. Our phone lines will be available for you to call and ask your questions and make your comments. You have the numbers. Just keep them. And when we are ready, we will talk to you. But in the meantime, let us talk about, comrade, why you are here in, in, in Joss. We, we know that you have sent a communicate to all the state houses of assembly as regards financial autonomy for state houses of assembly. And because the president has issued an order, an executive order to 
um, facilitate the uh, financial autonomy, which has not been gazetted and implemented at the state level now, you are saying you want your people to go on strike if it doesn't come uh, to being now. So talk to us about the whole issue. Why is this stalling? We know that the National Assembly has his, its financial autonomy already. So why is the issue, the procedure, or the gazetting of this financial autonomy stalling for the state houses of assembly? Uh, good morning. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak on this issue. Uh, you rightly said, ask the question, why is National Assembly autonomous financially? And why are the state houses assembly not financially autonomy, uh, autonomous? Are they not doing the same thing? Are they not legislators? We're all there, we're all legislators. And uh, you see, what really baffles us is, it's been two years today since the uh, state house of assemblies were granted financial autonomy. Hmm. And apart from granting financial autonomy, a committee was set up, a hard-powered committee led by, chaired by, the Attorney General of the Federation, who is mm. at the same time the Minister of uh, Justice. High-powered delegation, the Accountant General of the Federation is there, uh, all, all those people were there. And this committee came up with their report and submitted the report. And based on that report, the President of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, President Buhari, issued an Order 10, which the Order 10 gives them the clear vision on how to regulate and how to uh, uh, put this into practice, to fashion way for the implementation of uh, financial autonomy. But two years after, nothing is done. And remember, the Constitution, the, the, the Section 121, Subsection 3 of uh, the Constitution of Federal Republic of Nigeria, 1999, has amended, has given the, the, that room for the financial autonomy. And to cap it up, President Buhari issued an Order 10, based, by, uh, based on the power vested on him by the Constitution, on Section 5. To do that. So, for what what is the uh, punishment for contravening this order? You know, I'm talking on the part of the state governors because the state governors will always want to have the national assembly in their pockets. That is the point. That is the point. The state governors went ahead to sue the federal government, take the federal government to court because of the order ten. They are challenging the order ten given by the federal uh, by the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, and it is stipulated that. The, the, the Accountant General of the Federation is to allocate direct from the source. First line charge. First line charge to the, uh, the legislatures. That means the State House of Assembly. If the governors refuse to act based on what the Constitution says. Okay. Comrade, you are not a lawmaker, but what is your interest, you know, in making sure that state houses of assembly, for example, are autonomous? How And, and how will it impact our demo nascent democracy? Okay, you see, to be honest with you, the financial autonomy for states not only give the state legislature its independence, but strengthen democracy. Mm. Strengthen the legislatures. It is sad that the governor's forum decided to, uh, to sue the federal government to court based on this issue. It's been long. We've been yearning for the independence of this legislature. We can't just keep being stooges or, or use as stooges to the, uh, to, to the governors. No. 
You go to a lot of state houses of assemblies today. Their buildings are dilapidated. The, the condition of service of workers is very poor. You go to, in fact, I have, I've told some of the uh, state houses of assemblies, you find out that a level 8 officer is earning less than 30,000 naira in a month. You wow. have a family, you have hospitals, you have house rent, you have bills to pay. This financial autonomy would not only strengthen even the legislature, but would give our, 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 our members a better welfare. Mm. It is paramount that national, the State House of Assembly should have the autonomy. It is paramount. And the Parliamentary Staff Association, after writing a series of letters, series of letters, even to the president and the committee to intervene and see this thing that has been implemented. Nobody decided, decided to, or were not uh, being contacted by anybody. The only people that contacted us was the DSS. I was actually coming to that question if you've yes. gotten any response because we know that you've given a 21-day ultimatum yes. and which has expired and now we have another 14 days ultimatum. Yes. And you copied all the governors of the states, even the president, the Senate president, and you haven't, like you just said, you haven't gotten any response from them. But you're here in Plateau States now. There is a Congress to hold this afternoon. What decision do you see coming out from this Congress today? Well, you... The, the decision is just one nationwide. Okay. I am here in Plateau State to synthesize my members. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a Congress today to tell them on what to expect. Yes, the 21 days ultimatum has elapsed. elapsed. The 14 days is about to. Mm-hmm. According to labor law, you give the 21 days, you give the f- seven days, mm-hmm. and the 14 days and the seven days. Okay, so after 14 days now, you give seven another days. seven, seven days. days. Seven days is the last. If nothing is being done, if it's not implemented, we shut down the whole 36 days of assemblies, including their commissions, including the National Assembly, including those institutions that are affiliated to the National Assembly. Hmm. Okay, um, like my colleague Ponsak said, you're not a lawmaker, but yeah. you are a Nigerian and a patriotic one, I'd like to believe. So um, we like to understand the autonomy, financial autonomy in itself, because the notion is that when the National Assembly or the legislature in, in, in at large now gets financial autonomy, that it will help the legislature perform devoid of, um, what do you call it now, interference from, from the, the executive. Definitely. But we, now the National Assembly has financial autonomy. We do not see, we have not felt that um, function devoid of um, interference from the executive. Now, what, what is the cause? What is happening? Well, if, if, if it is good at the national level, mm-hmm. is it good at the state level? Okay. What, is the, what is the relationship between the state legislatures and the state executives? I, I, don't, want to see, I don't want to say that the, the relationship between them is cordial. Okay. It's just do this, I do. I give you orders you don't take. The next thing, you're impeached. You understand? Mm-hmm. It has come to our knowledge that most of the state governors, I want to be calling them the state governors because they are the problems here. They want to use us or le- use the legislators as their stepping stones, as stooges. Remember, most of these state governors were once legislators. They were in the House before. Mm-hmm. Some of them were senators. And after their tenure as four years, they will still want to go back to Senate, to the Senate uh, position. Sometimes we call them that's their ret- retirement home. Mm. But still, they're denying the independence of the legislature. They're challenging the independence of the, uh, the legislature. Mm. So 
that blame doesn't go to them alone because we blame the speakers of the State House of Assemblies too. If the governors will sue to court, challenging, cha- yeah, challenging the order 10, 10 yeah. what are you people doing? So you, you expect them to act for We example. expect them to act too. But because they refuse to act, the staff under the, 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 the Parliamentary Staff Association, which is nationwide, we decided to take the bulls by the horn. Okay. All right, now let us talk about uh, Mr. Bauer, now Abdul Rashid Bauer, being the new EFCC boss. A lot of people would actually celebrate because he's 40 years old. A youth is, uh, you know, taking a pivotal role in the country. And some say, well, this is like, uh, Bauer could be the magic one for uh, Mr. President because he came on the back that, okay, we're going to fight corruption, we're going to increase or improve the economic state of the country and all the three pillars of the this administration so I'd like to know your thoughts uh, Mr. Honorable Zopmal what you think about it, are you excited you are a president of the youth, uh, middle, belt, uh, middle Belt Youth are you excited to have um, the EFCC boss, the new EFCC boss take this role even as people have alleged that he has corruption you know, antecedents and all of that Wow, thank you very much, uh, Doris, for giving me this opportunity to speak on this very issue. I would like to say that, um, first, I will add more to what uh, my co-guest said here on the issue of the House of Assembly and the National Assembly. If you look at uh, the nature of existence of the House of Assembly in Nigeria, is more or less an uh, extended department of the government house. and. They are not uh, on their own. Hmm. Only go with what instruction given to them by the governor. And maybe is an example they are driven from the National Assembly as well. So if, you, if somebody will have to fight on your behalf, it's a very pathetic situation. If you don't know that you need financial autonomy, you can even legislate on your own. You don't need uh, executive order, which is just a policy. No, and the National Assembly as well can also legislate and make it a constitutional matter, not a policy uh, order like an executive order. So what are they doing? They are comfortable without financial autonomy. And that takes us to where the issue of the confirmation comes from. Um, for, for, for someone of our age, um, well, we, we believe that the youth should be given the opportunity. They should not be given all the time. They should also get involved by themselves, and they should also prove themselves to be worthy of leading this country in any capacity given to them. But I will not be excited given the scenario surrounding the confirmation, the nomination and confirmation of the uh, new EFCC boss. Having raised so many uh, eyebrows around it, you know, cases here and there and that. But it is all about vested interests and incentives as to why he should emerge as the new EFCC boss. It's not a new thing in Nigeria today that our external laws will be set aside for interests and incentives to take over. Right? We've seen cases where uh, five or six police uh, AIGs or DIGs will be retired compulsorily for someone at the lower ladder or cadre to be appointed as 
IG. Mm. We've seen where generals have to be retired compulsorily for someone to be appointed as chief of army staff, who is a far junior below the rank down there. So all these issues boil down to the lack of the strength of the legislatures we have in Nigeria. They are just yes boys to the presidency or to the mm. government house. So it's sad that our democracy cannot prosper when we don't have a very active and strong legislature who will challenge the actions and the decisions of the executive arm. The executive arm feel they have a singular power mm -hmm. because they can act without consultation. But the National Assembly will have to debate the issue. That's the lawmakers. They have to debate any issue presented to them. But the executive hand um, has that advantage of singular power to act at any moment. So it is your duty as a people that you are in number. There is no way a president's decision will add with you members of the National Assembly or House of Assembly. You have to question. You have to interrogate. You have to investigate these issues in order to represent the interests of the people. Mm. But where we have now is always uh, a complaint by the lawmakers, you know, whatever they bring. If it's so sad that when the current National Assembly came on board, they, they were telling Nigerians that whatever the presidency says, they are going mm. to approve. No, that was Ahmed Nawal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But that means, that, means, that means for him to be a loyal boy of his party, going to seek the favor of his party in the presidency to emerge as Senate president, that shows that whatever decision to be forwarded to the National Assembly, he will be used to speak on behalf of the executive arm. Hmm. So if you know you have to debate any issue, then why will you speak? You are no longer a Senator Ahmed Lawal. You are Senate President. So whatever you say, yes. Mm -hmm. So whatever you say counts a lot on Nigerians. It's only when you speak in your private uh, uh, capacity in your family or you sit down with your friends, you're discussing whatever at your individual. But when you speak to the public, you are speaking on behalf of Nigerians mm. and the presidency and whoever is representing this country. Okay, okay uh, let, let's talk about the <laughs> yesterday the uh, chairman of PACAC, Presidential Advisor Against Corruption, you know, uh, under the office of uh, Mr. President, said that he's afraid Malami will not allow, allow Abdul Rashid Minor to function. To function yeah. what, what's your thought about that? Well, the internal rivalry they have there, you know, it started during uh, Magu. No, but Abrushid Maina and uh, Malamia from the same state, KB KB. Well, the vested interests, like I said earlier before, interests and incentives, they could even be of the same parents. But interests may differ. The incentives that will be derived from there may bring about conflict of interest. So, yes, he may not allow him. We saw what happened during uh, Magu when his screening came on board, reports came, and nothing was done about it. Uh, instead of stepping down, humbly resigning the position, Mago insisted up to five years remain in power. So now this person was brought deliberately as well, passing all through, you know, setting aside any normal protocol and external laws to bring him. Yes, how do you expect him to function? Why? Why all this? Why all the allegations? 
and even rapid promotion from level 13 to level 14 just to make sure that you become the new EFCC boss. For what reason? Are there no other qualified people who are his seniors in the system? Why must it be him? So that shows that there is interest and incentive to be derived from that appointment. So how is it going to function for the interests of Nigeria? Hmm. How? Okay. All right. If you're just joining us, this is J101.9 FM. The program is the plenary, and we'd like you to be a part of the show. Go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss, and drop your comment, or go to Twitter at JFM Joss and drop your comment and be a part of the show. We are here to hear from you, ask your questions, and make your comments civilly. Um, you can also call us. 090-55-66-6699 or 090-9884-8848. In the studio, our guests this morning are Comrade Mohammed Usman, who is the President, Parliamentary Staff Association of Nigeria Pakistan, and we've got Honorable Manuel Zop. Zopmal, who is a former House of Reps member, aspirant for Pangshin, Kanke, Kanampikeke, federal constituency, uh, the president, Middle Belt as a youth and a political analyst and researcher, and would like to hear from you and your thoughts about what we're discussing this morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Where are you calling us from? I'm calling you from my name. My name is Chukudi. Go ahead. You've got 30 seconds. Thank you very much. Um, if you talk about the issues that um, are concerning as a citizen, um, the position of the EFCC chairman. Yes, I yesterday I congratulated him on session here in Plateau. Um, appreciating the president also. I've also find um, a merit on the, on the youth, 40 years old, in the EFCC chairman. First of all, I want to say that uh, the president has tried. But I wish and I pray that his predecessor, I mean the EFCC chairman, the president one now, uh, that what has happened to them will not happen to him because if you check the lines of the former EFCC boss, one of them was ended in a one corruption fight, one corruption allegation, one corruption, you know, uh, implication and the other. And um, away from that also, still on the same issue, I still also want to ask, why is it that the EFCC, Chairman are always coming from the north. The Londoners are occupying that particular seat. Uh, it is that uh, the Southerners generally, uh, talking about the whole Southerners in this country, does not have the pedigree or they don't have what it takes uh, to be able to handle that particular office. Uh, and um, particularly, again, I also want to ask Jesse if he has, I wish he had an answer to this. Uh, why is it that the president has flooded? The president, does the president flood the law? Because this particular new EFCC chief does not have a police background and the the 2004 Act also indicated that the person that should be that should occupy that particular seat should have their police background. Is it fulfilling of the law, or is it also uh, in, the, in the powers of the president to be able to appoint anybody irrespective of where he comes from or the background where he also is from? And this is my two questions, please. I think I'll appreciate if you answer this question. Thank you very much. Thank you for Thank you so much for being part of the show on your question. Well, it's a thing of concern, actually, that since the inception of this uh, in, of the EFCC in 2003, instituted by um, the former president, good, uh, I said good luck, Obasanjo, right, that the chairman have always come from the northern part of Nigeria. And it seems like the EFCC is now a regional organization. 
what do you make out of that? Yeah, well, uh, for, uh, well uh, to add <laughs> to that question, instead of asking that question, mm -hmm. shouldn't we instead be talk, discussing married to say, okay, even if it comes from the north, for example, mm -hmm. is that person competent? Right. Look at the individual, not the you know region, because most of the times we don't get the best you know out of that kind of mundane questions that mm. we ask. You know, region instead of the individual. Yes, it's not only EFCC. If you look at other commissions like the uh, National Boundary Commission, you see, and um, most most times the National Population Commission, they are always uh, from the north. I think only once or once in each of the two that uh, we've had people that are not from the corner, and the EFCC is clearly just those from that side, you know, and and that's why some of us have insisted on restructuring. It is the same North that has been holding us back from restructuring this country. How, sir? Fine. Of all the constitutional conferences, five constitutional conferences since independence, the North has never come up with any blueprint to make Nigeria move forward. The only three agendas they always come to the conference is agenda one is no to restructuring, agenda two, no to restructuring, agenda three, no restructuring. So what do you really have to bring to the table when we are discussing how this country should move forward? The intergovernmental relations, how the states, other tiers of government relate with one another, has led to so many problems we're facing today. How do we share the national resources? Has led to the problems of this country today. So why can't you see this pattern of appointment into various uh, 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 agencies mm. or MDS persisting in this manner. Now, if you look at, ask the question, how many former governors of the northern region have been in jail by EFCC? None. They have billions of Naira cases hanging on their necks, but they're in the National Assembly today. Well, some well, of them well, are ambassadors, some of them are whatever they are. But what because the interest, the vested interest there is that the EFCC is being used to, 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 to humiliate in order to also emasculate some other parts of the country. And that is what has been the empirical fact about the operations of the EFCC. So the appointment is a reflection of how it operates over the years. And it is what is we're seeing today. And that is why anytime they want to appoint, whether the person has dirty track record, they will ensure that he's appointed in order to represent the interests and incentives I've been saying here. So it's, it's to me, I look at it that we have to restructure this country so that some of these kind of appointments will not lead us to where we are today. If you want to appoint EFCC boss who will come to work for Nigerians, if, from, if a governor from Kano State is having EFCC case, we should see him in jail. If a governor from Oyo State is having case, we should see him in jail. If governor from uh, Imu State or Potakot have cases in EFCC, we should see them in jail but not selective imprisonment of former corrupt leaders in this country. And that's what informed the pattern of appointment into that position. Okay, Comrade Usman, you've been following this particular story and you're coming from Abuja. Uh, maybe there's something we do not know. What's your thought exactly on um, the confirmation of the new EFCC boss? Well, you see, I, I fall to the group of this 
group of people that I don't believe in sectionalism, I don't believe in religious, I don't talk even talk about that because I believe we're all one. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're coming from, in as much as you are a Nigerian, you should be given responsibilities, you should be given opportunities. The paramount thing is, is he qualified to run or to handle that position? And two, I am happy because it is a chance given to the youth. You understand? We've been clamoring for not too young to rule, not too young to rule. It has started. Today, I will pray to see that the next president of this country is maybe 40 to 45 years old. We've been having the same group of people rotating. Is is if not the son of this, is the brother of this, is the father of this, is the uncle of this. But if we keep talking about religion, where you come from, this country will not move. Hmm. That is the single truth. I am not from Plateau State. I was, I practically lived my life in Plateau State. I schooled here. I have mingled with different people, different languages in Plateau State. I even have a Biram name, <laughs> but I'm not a Biram person. Interesting. Yeah, my godmother is an Angas woman. Hmm. You understand? Oh. I'm not an Angas man. This is how life should be. Not where you're coming from. The f first thing we should be thinking about is competent. Is he competent? Hmm. And the truth is, for the first time I'll say it, the position should be rotational. We should try to, okay, fine, it, comes in, it came in from this side mm -hmm. of the world today, mm -hmm. a, a country today. Let's try another part. We have credible people in every part of this country. All over. We have credible youths all over this country. We have people that can handle the affairs of this country without even coughing. But at least, let's give it a chance. Mm. And let's see. Which brings me to the question. We all watched, the, I believe you watched the screening and confirmation that day. And um, looking at his portfolio, his trajectory, should we be confident, if regardless of all the drama and the allegations, should we be confident that Abdul Rashid Bawa can deliver if without interference anyway? Well, I, I think if there's no interference, mm -hmm. if he's given the, the opportunity, a free hand, a free hand to operate under the rules of engagement, I think he will. But just like we rightly observe that there always, there's always interference. It's Mr. A wants, because he's your boy, you're his village, he wants to call you and give his instructions to do. Let the young man be allowed to do what he's been employed to or appointed to do. Okay, thank you very much. We're running out of time, but very quickly on Facebook now, comments uh, coming yeah, on. Alexander Edwin Inaman is saying the new EFCC boss give a good account of himself with his well-polished academic profile. However, it's evident that the moment he attempts to do diligence in fighting corruption, his integrity will be washed just like some uh, before him. Maverick Sunday Gideon is saying, honestly speaking, this National Assembly lacks the power, competence, and will to make any meaningful impact. You can see that the minority factions in both chambers are almost inconsequential because the majority uh, that have a say are always out to toe party lines. The interests of Nigerian Nigerians is not their concern. Titus Paradigm is saying, Abdul Rashid Bao's confirmation doesn't come to us as a surprise. Somebody that was hastily promoted to grade level 14 to meet the minimum standard required for the position, screening or not, he's already EFCC chairman. The Robert Stamp Senate have no choice as see Nigeria taking one step forward and two steps backward if religion, ethnicity, and sentiment are not put aside. 
Okay, I guess uh, if I take one again. Yeah, that will okay. be it. Okay, Barnabas. Okay, this Andrew Amos is saying confirmation of ex service chiefs as non career ambassadors is a slap to legislative arm worldwide. This ninth assembly are the worst we've ever had because they dance according to the presidency tune. Okay, thank you so much for your comments. And we are so sorry. We apologize for not being able to take all your comments. All the calls they are pouring in. Time is up. But then, you know, you can always join us next week. Ten seconds from each of you. Just your final words and we're done. Well, Ten final words. Uh, final word from Parliamentary Staff yes. of Nigeria is no, no financial autonomy, no mm-hmm. financial autonomy, no legislature. Right. Okay. <laughs> Honorable. I wish uh, the new EFCC boss the best in his new assignment, and uh, he should work for Nigerians, not the interests of individuals in government. And the president should also wake up to his responsibility and cop insecurity of banditry. Thank you so much for your time, Ponsak Fanap. Well, you have a good day and Jumata Karim to our Muslim brothers and sisters. Like I always say, the coronavirus is very much around and it is very, very close to you. So all you have to do is sanitize your hand, wash your hands as often as you can, wear your face mask when you go out and stay healthy, okay? And don't forget to join us top of the hour, 10 a.m. for the news. Keep listening to J101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.